kind of it's kind of interesting pastor mark preached on faith dad preached on faith last week and i feel like the lord kept telling me we're going to stay on faith and I'm like but pastor or, but lord pastor lord we've been teaching faith he goes i know but we're going from faith to faith so we're going to keep growing if you want to you can flip the big lights on so tonight's message is going to be called incremental faith and the reason i'm calling it incremental faith is because your life is broken up into increments of your day by day. It's broken up by years, by day, by you know months, weeks, days, and then hours. And what you do every day determines on how your faith's going to grow. I think sometimes we think faith, we think it's this real huge thing, and we're trying to grow leaps and bounds. But really, it's a we're taking it step by step. Interesting thing about faith is when I about incremental faith and in that faith can grow. And faith does grows is um, Luke seven seventeen five because I'm just going to jump to these. I, we're going to go to um, turn to Mark nine. We're going to read fourteen to twenty six, but I just want to give you these real quick ones. She's going to throw them on the screen. Luke seventeen five. That the disciples said to the Lord, "Increase our faith." The Book of John says, "Believe one hundred and one times." So that means that. Jesus had a lot to say about the believing part. We'll get into the speaking in a little bit, but I want to really focus on the believing part. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because your faith grows exceedingly. Which is interesting is that your faith, he says there, your faith grows, which means that every day your faith can grow. And what you can receive from God and the capacity that you receive from God can grow each day. And each year, and every year, I believe our, our church should be growing. Our, what we're doing, um, we did a real, I mean, the Israel banquet was huge for us this year. And I think that was a step of faith for me that we actually raised close to sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars $17,000 for the IDF. I don't think we've ever taken up an offering that big in one night. So I think God is increasing us as a church to step out. I mean, when Pastor Mark first came, you know, our offering was n- not even close to that. And now what, what's happening is we're growing but our faith's growing. We're hearing the word. And so I want to continue on um, growing our faith. And um, Romans 12, 3 says, God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Now, he's given us a measure of faith. When you get born again, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But then you're going to take your faith from faith to faith, depending on what you do. How many days, how many, you know, going, going to church, hearing the word. Then your faith's going to grow. Um, an incremental change refers to a, you can throw this on the screen, a small adjustment made towards a targeted result. I think that every day, I think I've learned with the Lord, I've always tried to make big changes in my life and they don't always work well sometimes. You know, it's like eating an elephant at, at all at one, two days. You know, I'm going to listen to the word, so I throw in Pastor Mark for six hours a day and then I do it for two days and then I don't do it for four more months. You know, you. <laughs> You get into this thing where you're like, I'm going to change my life. And then you, you know, you go in and sometimes, you know, there is times where you are going to, you can cut stuff, cold turkey. You can just make, you can go into your house. You're like, I'm going to meal prep. I'm not eating out anymore. We're saving money. You go to Publix and you buy all the, the um, Tupperware and you get out on Sunday night and start cooking. And, you know, sometimes, it, it, you know, I believe it does work. But I think for most people on a daily basis, the Lord's been teaching me, change little things about your life each day. Don't. Don't try to go in whole hog because you're going to burn out, right? So that's what I want to talk about because I feel like that he's been teaching me about faith in this area. So in- incremental change refers to small adjustments made towards a targeted result. So our, our goal is to exceed it to a grow in our faith. So we're going to go to Mark 9, 14 through 26. And it says, when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes were disputing with him. Immediately when he saw them, the people were greatly amazed and running to Jesus to greet him. They're like, yay, Jesus is here. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? No one from the crowd answered. Um, Then one from the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought my son who had a mute spirit. Whenever it seizes him, throws him down, he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and, and comes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. So he answered and said, O faithless generation, how long will I be with you or bear with you? Bring him to me. So they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And then he fell on the ground and wallowed and foaming at the mouth. Interesting enough, the father just tells him that this is going to happen. Then the boy seizes up, the spirit manifests. And watch what Jesus does. I thought this was very interesting. Um... He says, 
so the, uh, he brought him and saw him immediately, the spirit convulsed him, fell to the ground. So then he, right when the middle of this happened, it says, so he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he's thrown them both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw the people came running, he rebuked the unclean spirit and said, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. What I find interesting about this passage is the spirit just manifests and Jesus stops. He's not moved by the spirit. He don't even care what the spirit's doing. And he's like, let's have a conversation with your dad. How many, if, if that happened in this church and someone had a spirit, you know everybody would jump up and be, Shandalabalala, I command you in Jesus' name. Ah, the fire of God. You know, and we've had these things happen in our church. But it's amazing that the faith of Jesus, he's not moved by what he sees. The spirit didn't even bother him. He said, I'm gonna stop right now and let's have a conversation with your dad because we need to locate where your face at before we move any further. I thought it was amazing on how cool, Jesus is pretty cool. He's not in a hurry to, to jump on that. You know, being led by the Spirit of God, you need to listen to your spirit. I think as a, as a church, sometimes we see things and you automatically want to just pray, get four people, let's lay hands, let's rebuke the Spirit. But sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to say something about this is why this is happening. There may be more that's going on. I love how Mary Fran will walk around and she'll talk to you and she'll maybe, and then she'll rebuke something and she'll, you'll say, do you understand what I'm saying? And she'll have a conversation with you. I think sometimes she's locating the person where they're at in their faith, which interesting, Jesus just didn't rebuke it. So then another thing that happened is um, it says in here, this says that the man, um, 14, 26, let's go. And it says, uh, so the father goes, if you can do anything, have compassion and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe. So the father takes responsibility and throws it on Jesus. Jesus, if you can do anything, do it. Jesus takes responsibility, throws it right back on the father and says, if you can believe. So I think a lot of times where we pray, Jesus, do something for me. Help me, Jesus. I know you can do this. Jesus is turning around and saying, if you believe, you'll have whatsoever you believe. And, and um, I watched a lot of Keith Moore on this, so, so I, I've, been, I've been watching him on, on, on faith and believing. And he makes a great statement when he's talking, and Keith Moore said this. He says, you're not going to get in life what you want. You're not going to get in life what you need. A lot of people need stuff. A lot of people in the world need. He said, you're not even going to get in life the will of God. He said, God wills that no one should perish. Are people perishing? People, apart from his will, people are perishing. He said, what are you, you going to get in life? You're going to get what you believe. So you need to, ha so you know, a lot of times people think Christianity is just going to happen automatic. Young people, your life is not going to happen automatic. The will of God will not happen automatically for you. Jesus is going to say, what do you believe when you ask me? When you, so you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, show me the will for my life. What do you want me doing and believe in it in faith? Because a lot of people, oh, it's all up to God. And that's what this man said. Jesus, it's all up to you. If you want to heal my boy, just help me. If you can do something. And Jesus threw responsibility right back at him and said, no, it's not how this works. That's why he stopped him and said, let's have a conversation. The boy's obviously under the influence of the spirit. Now I think if you know, no one's around and the boy's under the spirit, rebuke it. But Jesus obviously, there was, there was, he wanted to hook up with his dad's faith. Two or three are gathered together in my name, ask anything and it'll be done. So Jesus is going to stop and locate him and say, do you believe? And I thought that was an amazing. And then after they had this conversation over the spirit, then he rebukes it. And, and what amazing to me is the man said, he said the right thing. He said, I do believe because we're going to get into the this, this speaking because the first thing that faith moves is your mouth. And he says, I do believe Help my unbelief. And I think Jesus says, that's enough. We can work with that. <laughs> Spirit, leave the boy in Jesus' name. So his mouth began the, the moving of the believing process. And I think the Lord broke that down for me, and I, I thought that was pretty amazing. So let's, uh, Mark, I'm just going to real, um, these are going to be some different types of faith. Um, Mark 10, 52, Jesus says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight 
and he followed him on the way. So he said that the man's faith, he said, actually he said to the man, what is it you want from me? And he says, I want to receive my sight. And he says, then, then you'll have what you ask. He, he came to Jesus knowing that I'm going to get my sight back. Romans 14.1, as for the one who was weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel some over opinions. So he, there is a, a person that can have weak faith. Matthew 15, 28, Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done to you for as you desired. And her daughter was healed instantly. I think that maybe there's a correlation between great faith and the amount of time that you, that, that manifests. He said instantly she was healed. And he says, great, so there's weak faith, there's great faith. Um, Romans 1.17, for in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, for it is written, the righteous will live by faith. It's not something, it's something you're going to do every day, but you're going to go from faith to faith. So that means with like the little man who's going up a ladder is every day we should be increasing in our faith so that we can do greater, greater things. But it's going to happen, it's not going to happen automatically. It's going to happen by what you believe. So when we ask um, when we ask, so when we ask God, really, when we ask in faith, everything that he's already as a believer is given to us as our, already our inheritance. It comes from within us, not from outside of us. And I'm just going to read this Luke 17, 21. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. And so when you go to God in faith and start asking him from things, people have this idea that their manifestation of what they believe that's going to come into reality is going to come from somewhere outside. They're looking to people. They're not looking to God. When Jesus says the kingdom is in you. I love something Mary Fran says that the, um, and I'll have to read this because it's on my phone. It's on my home screen. It says word of life's alive. The manifestations of God in your life will never be any greater than the fullness of God in your soul. Because when you're born again, Jesus comes in you and he's working in you, and so the bigger you want to see God in your life, the bigger he needs to become on the inside. Don't go around looking, oh, I got to go here to get my miracle. Really, your miracle is happening inside with your private time with God. It's happening when you're, going, when you're praying, when you're reading the word. It's people too much are looking for somebody to help them, and there is times that they need that, but going somewhere to get a miracle when I love something T.L. Osborne says, they said, he said, you're waiting for me to get done preaching so I, you can get your miracle. He said, I'm waiting for you to get your miracle so I can stop preaching. <laughs> and so you think about Jesus, he went around and he laid hands on people and then he went and taught. Laid hands on people and taught. Laid hands because he had to get them in faith. And then he says that he marveled when he says that there was, he marveled when the centurion came and he said he had great faith. And then he marveled when he was in his own hometown and he says that, that there was no faith, that people, the way that people treated him, it was as he was just Joseph's boy. So faith is a really big thing to God. And, and I think that as soon as he rose from the dead, he talked to Mary about her faith. That was the first thing that he talked to her about. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So um, the kingdom of God is within you. I'm going to go to Romans 8, 17. We're talking about you know, really increasing our faith, but really we're increasing our faith because we want to get results, right? We want the manifestations of God to come into being. We want to see, you know, I love what Shirley said one time. She says, you know, sometimes I just want to see some things. I want to see some things happen. And I think this year, I've seen more things happen than I've ever seen. And I believe that our church is going to, to faith, to faith, and we're going to see more things than we've ever seen in our life. But I think that God has to get in us that, you know, where those things are going to come from inside us and they're going to come from growing our faith. Because, I mean, Pastor Mark's coming back. And so, you know, what, what are we going to do to grow our faith? Where are we, when he comes back, you're going to sow the same seed you sowed or you're going to increase. You know, I think the Lord is, is, is giving us opportunity. So Romans 8, 17 we're going we're gonna to go here, and then it says, if, if you're children, and then you're an heir. You're an heir of God, and you're a joint heir with Christ. If indeed we suffered with him, that we may also be glorified together. So we're an heir of God. That means our inherit. that means everything, I think I wrote this down. And, um, every, yeah, a Greek, Greek says that one who receives an inheritance by right of birth 
is an heir. So every inheritance God has for you is already yours. When you were born again, Jesus moved in with everything he had. It says you're a joint heir with Jesus. So that means that everything Jesus has is yours. Galatians 4, 7, I'm just going to read this. Now you are no longer a slave, to, but God's own child. And since you are his child, you are made his heir. You know, I think that going back to um, when, it, when it's talking about the kingdom in you, we were at lunch and talking about faith and receiving the manifestations of God by faith and getting it to manifest in your life. We were out to eat and, um, with Pastor Mark, and we all put an order in, you know, for the table. And uh, Pastor Mark put his order in. And it was funny to me is that, <clears throat> to me, this, the natural, I looked at it, and the Lord almost said this to me, is you put your request into God, right? You're asking him for things. This is what I want. So pretend like you're ordering a dish. I'm going to get the grouper salad. The Bible says the angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those that will be an heir, which is you, join heir with Jesus, of salvation. A minister is, is what someone who, like a server, they wait on you, right? And so they serve, they help. And so the way I thought about it was we were in the restaurant and we put, a, we put our um, order in and then we would talk about our order. Oh, what did you get? Oh, I got this. This is what I'm getting. This is what I'm getting. Oh, you got that. You got this. But the whole time you're not walking in the restaurant going, well, I put an order in and I hope I get it. I hope that server brings it to me. Shoot, I hope I got some money. You know what I mean? You go in there in full assurance that that server's walking back there, and there's a time period. But, you know, it's usually not long. Sometimes it's long. And then he comes back with something. But the whole time you're talking, I ordered this. I got this. I got this. Not, I'm getting this. This is what I ordered. You know what I mean? So you're already talking the end result, right? And I almost looked at it. That's the spirit realm. There was that door. He went back there. That's between the natural and the supernatural. He's going back there, putting that order in. You're out there talking, I'm getting this. I'm, this is what I've asked God for, right? And then all of a sudden, it manifests and comes through those double doors again, and that plate sits on your table, right? Another way I looked at it is the Lord says, think about it this. Your inheritance is already yours. So you go to the bank, and look at that teller as between the natural and the supernatural. And then there's an angel sitting behind the teller. You tell him, this is what I've asked for and this is what I want. So then he gets out and says, okay, what's your account number? Your account number really is, is your address, is your voice in the, in the spirit realm, right? Pastor Mark says it's your voice, is your address. And then he puts your account number in. He said, I'd like to have $400. Really, you're asking, but you're placing a demand like dad says on them. But in the spirit, it's, there's that, that between the, supernatural, the natural and the supernatural, you're asking God by faith. Faith is the currency in which we exchange between us and God. Faith is the road, um, what is it? No, your voice is the road which, uh, your confession is a road which faith carries its mighty, mighty cargo. And we'll get into the speaking part. But I always looked at it as I met a teller. My inheritance is the money behind the teller is everything Jesus paid for, right? It's mine. It belongs to me. I'm not trying to get it. It's mine. The kingdom is in me. And I, this is what I'm, now I said, minister spirits, go out and cause the money to come. And then while they're back there processing the request, it takes a few minutes at the bank, and you're standing there waiting patiently for them to give you what you've asked. You know, you're not wondering if you're going to get the money. Now, I mean, maybe if there's no money in your account, you ain't checked it. <laughs> but you have full assurance you're walking in the bank, and you're walking out with what, what's already yours, Right? You're not going in there going, I, I hope they give me my $200. It's already mine. So why do we go to God the same way? Man, I really, I'm going to pray, and I really hope he gives this to me. I hope that, you know, he hears me. You know, that's, that's the way he explained it to me. So now when I pray, I think about that. It's a transaction going on between the supernatural. He says, hold fast to the profession of your faith, right? So I'm holding fast to what I'm confessing. I'm not, I don't have a double confession of what I'm asking for, and while it's working, behind the scenes, they're doing the little, their calculations, seeing how much faith you got, if you're going to waver on your confession, and then boom, there's your money, sir, have a nice day. And that's the way that he's been explaining to me faith between, you know, because everything happens in the supernatural before it happens in the natural, right? It has to, and then it manifests. And while it's working, you're believing, you're confessing, and so really, um, faith is a mixture 
Um, every breakthrough in faith, Pastor Mark Hankins says that this is a breakthrough in revelation knowledge. Faith moves God, faith moves mountains, but faith will not do anything till it moves you. The first part of your faith that it's going to move is your mouth, Pastor Mark Hankins. So we'll go to Mark eleven twenty three. This is where I'm getting with this about the saying part. And it's pretty interesting. I, I love that the Lord has been talking to me about my believing because sometimes I'm like, God, why is it taking so long? Why is it taking so long for, for this transaction to happen, for this, what I'm believing you for to manifest? And so he's been explaining to me, you know, like I'll be standing in the bank, you know, getting ready to get money and the Lord's talking to me about faith. And it's, <laughs> so I, I always think it's so funny. Um, and like that wall of glass or that server that goes back and he's preparing. And, and yet, you know, you're a full assurance that you're, you've got what you've asked for. But yet God says, why, why don't you do me the, the same way. The inheritance is already yours. You're just, you're just telling the teller what's your, inher- your inheritance, and he knows what your inheritance is. Um, Mark, let's see, we're doing uh, Mark 11. How can you not know this? So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you. So first thing that's going to happen is Jesus is going to say to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So Jesus says, for surely I'm going to say to you. So, you need to, so we need to be listening. Whoever says to this mountain. I asked the Lord, I said, why didn't you start with the believing part first? Because, you know, Kenneth Hagin asked the Lord, he says, why? Because the Lord says, did you notice how it says the saying times three in the believing part one? because you're going to do three times as much saying as you are going to do believing. But I asked the Lord, I says, why did you start with the saying part? I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. And the Lord, I believe he said this to me. You ever notice that when you make a bold confession of faith that's outside of your realm of believing, you don't believe it? Like you ever driven by a house and say, I own that house in Jesus' name, and you're like, oh, I, don't, I can never afford that. Oh, yeah, right, get out of here. You know, you ever done that? You're like, pastor preaches and you're like, I'm going to make a bold confession. You get out here and you're confessing. And you're like, uh, I'm, I'm a, that's my house in Jesus' name. I'm buying a house in Jesus' name. And you're like, okay, yeah, I definitely can't afford that. Because what happens is the first time you say something, your mind rejects it. Your spirit's going to reject it, right? It's going to say, no way. When, when me and mom were, were going and looking for homes a couple years back when I bought my first property, I didn't even believe I could own a home. You know, with my job, and I, it was such a new concept for me being 20-something years age to buy a house. And so the more she would talk to me about it, she would say, she would say, she would say, you can do this, you can do this. So Jesus says, I'm going to say to you, right, through the word, how much time you spend in the word, letting Jesus say to you. So she would say to me, you can buy this house, you can do it, you make this much, you can qualify for this much. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I can't do it. Oh, I can't do it. And then I get in my car. I have a house in Jesus' name. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. You got to get like three jobs. You ain't getting no house. I have a house in Jesus' name. Oh, you lying. You know what I mean? So the first time you say something, you're gonna, you're, your mind's going to reject it because it's a new level of faith, right? It's going to spit it out. But then here's what he says. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Then after you say, you're going to deal with doubt. But then believe. So you, and then those things which he says, so then it says you're going to say again, will be done, and he'll have whatsoever he says. So you're going to say the first time, you're going to reject it, and then you're going to believe, and then you're going to say, and then you're going to say, and you're going to say, and you're going to say. And what's funny was eventually, after I started driving around, I own a house in Jesus' name. I own a house in Jesus' name. After a while, I'm like, I own a house. You start believing it, Right? At first, it's kind of a, like dad always says, it's a new wrinkle in your mind. It's a new thought. God has to kind of start talking to you about. But you start saying it. You get on the word and you say his inheritance. Jesus has given, it. there's one scripture that says that if God gave us his best gift, Jesus, why shouldn't he give us freely all things? So you're driving around, you're quoting, if God gave me Jesus, why wouldn't he freely give me everything that pertains to this life? The, the Lord maketh me rich, and he added no toil, no sorrow with it. There's one who scatters, and yet he increases. No, there's one who scatters, yeah, yet he increases. One who withholds more than is right, and it brings him to poverty. Lord, I'm a scatterer, and I'm increasing. So I'm quoting the word. I'm quoting the word. And then you're getting rid of the doubt. Don't doubt in your heart. And you're kicking the doubt out, and you're quoting the word, and you're kicking the doubt out, and you're quoting the word. And then all of a sudden, two years later, 
their manifestation. But it, I wasn't there. I'm not, I've never bought a house before. Now, the manifestation could be very much sooner. I could walk in, oh, this will be easy if I've done it, I've done it before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna pull equity from the house I have now. It's gone up in value. Put a down payment on something else. Boom. Probably would happen just within a few months. Wouldn't happen over two years. Why? I went to a no, new level in faith. But that's where God um, wants to get us. So Kenneth Hagin, um, Jesus told Kenneth Hagin, there's four things if you wanted to receive anything from God. He said, the woman with the issue of blood, she heard of Jesus, she believed, and then she said, and then one translation said, she kept on saying. It was like, I think the Greek word was legos. She kept saying, if I touch the hem of his garment, if I touch the hem of his garment, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. <laughs> Jesus was actually going around praying for people, and I don't think no one's really got a healing yet that way. But she said, I mean, then Jesus says people were touching me and hitting me all, and nothing was happening. But what was different was she believed, she heard, she heard, she believed, and then she said. That's the first thing Jesus told Kenneth Hagin. Then she acted on her faith. She got up and started moving towards what she wanted. Then the, then the third thing, she received it, and she felt, and the fourth thing is she told it and testified. Kenneth Hagin says that once God does something for you, you need to tell it. Tell it to people. Because why would he keep doing something for you if you're not going to um, confess his name before men? I'll confess you before my father, Jesus says. So you're going to testify of it. I thought that was really interesting on how she received her miracle. She heard Jesus. She believed it. And then she said it. So now how do we apply this, right? <clears throat> so your life is made up of small incremental daily decisions. And I'm like asking, Lord, this is great. How do I apply this to my life? So I was watching Terry Savelle, this blonde-haired woman. She's got a real high-pitched voice. She drives me crazy. But she's so full of the word. <laughs> and she sounds like Barbie. But she, she really was talking one day, and she was saying this. In order to grow... In, in your life, in the, to the desire you want, in faith, you're going to do it in small steps. She said, maybe you want to read your Bible more. Maybe instead of trying to get up an hour earlier to read your Bible, maybe just set your alarm for 10 minutes earlier one week. And then next week goes by, next week, then set it for 10 more minutes. Go in increments. Don't go, I'm going to get up two hours early tomorrow, read my Bible, that alarm goes off, you ain't getting up. You know what I mean? <laughs> she said, maybe you read one scripture every day. Because right now, I know sometimes some days I get up, I don't read nothing. I'm out the door. I'm on my way. I'm like, oh, I don't have time to read a chapter. I don't have time to, to sit there and write out all my confessions and quote the word for 30 minutes. Man, I'm late. She said, what about we'll just read one scripture a day? So what happened is I started doing that, and I realized I started reading a chapter. I, get, I, I pull my Bible out at lunch. I'm just going to read a few scriptures, three scriptures. That's the goal each day. She said, five, find five non-negotiable things to do. So we're talking about increasing your faith. How, what are some things we can do to increase our faith? Maybe, you, you know, this is going to be a daily thing, right? The gym is not, you come in here, this is, let's call this faith gym. You come in here and pastor's preaching faith. You're hyped up. You're ready to go. And then the rest of the week, you're not reading. So you can't go to the gym one day a week. You can't go to the gym two days a week and expect results. That's like you're going in there, you're talking to your friends, you do a little working out, and then you leave. That's basically one hour at church. You, you do a little working out for one hour, and then you leave. No, it's going to be a daily. You're going to get out of the gym. You're going to go to a lifestyle of you're going to eat right every day. You're going to go to the gym every day. So that's where he's saying if you want your, I'm saying if you want your faith to grow, it's not going to be like coming into church one time. You're going to do this on a daily thing. Faith is going to be, he says, the just will live by faith. That means every day you're going to live by faith, right? So maybe you read one scripture each day. And then a couple weeks go by, kick it up a notch. Do two or three. I said to myself, I'm going to read five confessions every morning. Just I got it on my thing, on the way out the door, sitting on a, on a thing. As I'm walking out, I grab it. I read five confessions, put it down, I'm out the door. Then I keep writing. Maybe I'll add six to it, add seven to it. I'm not trying to take these huge steps because I try doing that. I get all these confessions. I write this whole book out, and then on Monday I'd read it, and then I wouldn't touch it for, no, sometimes a week later, you know, until my next day off. You know what I mean? So, and I got like three pages of confessions. I'm like, I, got, I ain't got time for this. I got my coffee. I'm late. I'm running out the door. You know what I mean? But 
reading three scriptures a day is better than reading no scriptures for two weeks. Doing 10 push-ups a day for seven days, 20 push-ups a day, instead of going, I'm going to work out for an hour and a half. Maybe just say I'm going to work out for 15 minutes, you know? Maybe say I'm going to pray in tongues for 15 minutes. I'm going to pray in tongues for 10 minutes on my way to work. Each day you do it. What's going to happen is that faith is going to grow. Don't, I think as, as a, we always think, oh, it's going to be so much work to get in the Bible. Um, one thing I like doing is um, I get up every morning. I told, so I wrote down five things on a whiteboard I'm going to do every day, non-negotiable. I'm going to listen to Believer's Voice of Victory every morning when I get up. There's a new app. Kenneth Copeland's got a new app. It's really cool. All I do is instead of checking Instagram when I get out of bed or Facebook, and sometimes I still do, helps me get up, I hit the app, and it's 24-7 Kenneth Copeland live streaming. George Pearson's on in the morning, preaching the word. Kenneth Copeland's on in the morning. I don't have to do nothing. Turn the app on. I set it on my thing. I start cooking breakfast. That's 15 minutes a day. I'm hearing the word. Next day, it's 15 minutes a day. I'm hearing the word. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray in the car 10 minutes on the way to work. Every day. Every day. And then when I get home, I'm going to read one scripture. Really, I've been doing more Bible than I was doing before, right? And sometimes at night, if I have time, I'll read more. But what I started realizing was... I started going through all these videos. I'm like, man, I've watched a lot of Kenneth Copeland this week. A lot. 15 minutes every morning, 20 minutes every morning, cooking eggs, cooking coffee. He's preaching every morning. He's preaching. So that was one thing I wrote down that is non-negotiable. I'm going to make five, and then I pause it. I make my five confessions, and I'm out the door in the morning, especially on the busy mornings. You know what I mean? Some days you got to get up super early. Um, and then, you know, um, I, haven't, I haven't started doing the alarm thing yet, but I thought that was cool. You know, instead of getting up at 7, maybe I'll get up at 6.50, 6.40. Give an extra 20 minutes to read the word. You know what I mean? So take your, your day in incremental steps on how we're going to grow our faith, right? So I did this with my offering, too. Um, the Lord texts the give. You, it tells you what you gave each last week and the week before. Plus, I have a, um, an Excel sheet in here, and all I do is it's real quick. I just write in what I made what I gave, that way every week I just look at it, just to make sure, because the Bible says that, um, and I, I'm trying to think of the scripture, it says that in 2 Corinthians 8, 7, um, is, it, is that on there? Can you pop that up real quick? 2 Corinthians 8, 7, I think I had it in your lineup. If not, I can go there. It says, but as you abound in everything in faith. So really, he says, you can abound in faith. One translation says, as you excel in faith, in speech, in knowledge. So you can grow in your faith, in all diligence, and your love for us. See to it that you abound in this grace also. Now, what he was talking about is chapter 8. He starts, and he says in verse 2, in great trial and affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in riches of their liberality. Which means, as he said, they were in poverty. Verse 3, I bear witness that according to their ability, that beyond their ability, they freely were willing. They gave. So what he's talking about was giving. But I want to say in 7, he says that you're going to, um, as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and your love for us, it says, see that you abound to this grace also. So what does it mean? It's not automatic. Your giving is not going to grow unless you see to it. So what I started doing was the Lord would be like, you know, I started keeping a ledger. I'm going to see to it that I'm abounding because I'd be like, Lord, I gave to Mark Hangins last month. He said, no, you didn't. Go look at your sheet. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've skipped a month. Whoops. You know, go, you're going to abound to this grace. You may want to stick, stay to what you said you were going to do, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to abound to this grace. Text to give. Says I gave this much. The Lord says, how about let's add five bucks on that? Talking about incrementals, right? We're not talking, I'm throwing $50, $100 trying to go super big, five bucks. Maybe you go for a week or two, three weeks. The Lord says, how about five more dollars this week? Oh, okay. Okay, Jesus, five more bucks. Two more weeks go by. The Lord says, how about five more dollars? talking about increasing. It's not big step. They're just little steps. But next thing you know, I look back over a year and I'm like, oh my goodness, I've jumped up 50, 75, $100 from what I was doing. And I didn't realize that as I started doing small, he was increasing me. It was increasing my faith because I'm not ready to make a $50 jump. And then three weeks later, make another $50 jump sometimes. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's that $10. So what I'm saying tonight is Pastor Mark delivered a message on faith. Dad's been preaching faith. 
He's coming back in three months. What are we going to do to grow our faith? What are we going to do to start believing God for bigger? What are we going to do each day to start believing God? Let's take small steps. Let's eat this elephant one little piece at a time. Like I said, sometimes it's just you, you, the text to give app is awesome. If you have to write a, keep a sheet down, I think it's awesome. Write a ledger down, however you want to do it. But he says you're going to see to it that you abound to this grace. So he's telling them you, you need to see to it that you abound to this grace. God's going to keep his, his end of the deal. What about our? Because I think sometimes I used to give, and I'm like, man, I've been increasing. And then I'd be like, my mom would show me my, my I'm like, hey, pull me, give me my tithe for last year. I look at it and go, man, I'm like $1,000 lower than, than the year before. You know, and I'm like, I thought I was giving big. And you're not, you know? I thought I was. And I was like, man, Lord, I got to figure out how do, I, how do I make sure. And so then dad, one day we were driving to Mark Hangins and he said, I'm going to start keeping a ledger of everything I give. I don't know if he ever did it, but I did it. I've had three years now. And all I do is wake up on a Monday morning after I get paid and I just put it in real quick. It takes me two seconds in an Excel sheet, close it, and I'm out just of what I gave, what I received, and then whatever I sowed, extra offering. And then I, I look at that and go, okay, I see how it's increasing. And then the Lord's like, all right, it's time to increase. Let's throw five more dollars on top of that. And I'm like, okay. So um, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith really is a substance, right? It's a material thing, which to me, I, when I read that, I was like, it's, it is faith, but it's Bible saying it's actually a substance of things that you're hoping for. A substance is a particular kind of matter with uniform properties. So faith is a particular kind of matter, and it does produce substance, doesn't it? You're believing God for something, then it manifests. So your faith is producing substance 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, based on what you say and believe. It's a two-part mixture. One without the other, there will be no spiritual reaction. Light, carbon dioxide, water, and a plant produces oxygen. Your faith needs to be mixed with a few things. Obviously, you're saying and believing. You start with hearing and saying the word. Then you're going to act on the word. And then you're going to receive and say, thank you, Lord. Praise him and receive what you've asked for. Um, Sowing seed and faith, which is believing. Then the spoken word. And then water in that seed produces financial increase. That's where he says, see to it. that This is going to abound. So really, faith is a substance you're going to sow a seed. You're going to confess the word. You're going to keep confessing the word. You're going to water that seed. You're going to water that seed. That's why I said he um, provides seed to the sower, not to the thrower. A thrower is someone who sows something. Ah, whatever, you know, God, do something with it. I hope something comes back. No, a sower gets out there, and every day he waters it. He's invested. He's got money in the garden. I want to see my plants come up. You got money in Mark Hankins. What are you doing? Did you throw that seed and you ain't even looked up a, a scripture yet? Or are you saying, man, I sowed this seed and he's multiplying my seed sown in Jesus' name. I mean, every day I'm like, I got too much money into this to, to just throw it. So I'm sowing it because I'm, I'm going to see a substance. So your believing and speaking is going to produce a substance whether you know it or not. You know, I had the Lord say this to me. Um, I, you know, some things that my, I'm, I've changed in my, my speaking, and it's actually working. But, you know, I'm actually writing a new record right now, and it's taken me all year to do it. And um, every time somebody asks me about it, I'm like, you know, I just don't have the time for it. I don't have the time for it. I don't have the time for it. Ah, I'm so busy right now. The Lord says, you know why you don't have time for it? It's because you say you don't have time for it. And I was like, huh. He said, you've changed certain areas of your confession, your tithe and your money. You, you, you know, you don't, I never lack for money. I'm rich, I'm blessed coming in, but then I'm like, oh man, I don't have time to do this. It's not some things you don't have time because you're choosing to do other things, right? And that's okay. Some people want to go out to dinner and you want to study. You say, I don't have time to do that. That's true. You're studying. You got a test coming up or you're, you got stuff to do. That's great. But some things you really want to do and you keep saying, I don't have time for it. Yeah. So your, your substance is what? You have no time because you're believing in your speaking is producing substance 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Substance, substance. So I get to my substance, I don't have time, I don't have time. And it's true. But I don't have time because I keep saying I don't have time. Because I'm saying, I'm believing, and I'm saying, and, I, and it's kind of unconsciously, I just believe that I don't have time. I'm like, man, I'm so busy right now. But the Lord said, if you would say that you have time, then time would open up for you. 
because you're going to have what you say. You're going to have what you believe, and you're going to have what you say. Jesus says, what is it that you believe for? Lord, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. Sometimes people believe I can't have more time. Jesus says, it all he told the man, he says, he says Lord, help us. Or, or, you know, he says, um, and Jesus says, all things are possible with God to those who believe. So really, time can open up for you. Things can rearrange. I think that the more you say it, it's just like that, that substance attraction uh, and, and just your, your words are calling things to you. And somehow, I think it's calling all the busyness to you. All the people calling you all the time. Hey, I need this. I need that. Can you come over here? And you're like, why, why am I so busy? Well, you're calling those things in. Saying, calling as not as though they were, like Abraham did. So, you know, the Lord really um, began, to, began to deal with me on that and just began to talk to me about just, you've changed a lot of your saying, but, and, you know, you're mixing words and faith, but you're also mixing words and faith in some negative areas still in your life. Um, and so sometimes you just don't realize you're saying things, but you are. But we're going from incremental. He's changing one. He's changed my giving. Now he's going to change some, some of my time management. And so he deals one thing at a time because, you know, he's not going to deal with you all at one time. So it's a two-part, three-part mixture. James 2.17. So also faith by itself. You don't have to go there. Does not have works. is dead. Faith is a verb and is not automatic. You have to daily activate it each day. It says the just will live by faith. 2 Corinthians uh, 4.13, it is written, I believe and therefore I've spoken. Since we had the same spirit of faith, we believe and therefore we speak. Pastor Mark says that the first thing that faith is going to move is it's going to move your mouth. And so you're going to have to start saying three times as much and believe than, than you are believing. But you're still the daily routine of believing. Like I said, I wake up and I want, I'm hearing the word every day. I'm hearing the word every day, even if it's for 10 minutes. You know, it's better than not hearing it every, every day and hearing it one big. You know, you ever seen a guy go in the gym and they work out for two hours, three hours, one day, and then they're not back for a whole week because they're trying to just knock it all out at one time? I just don't think it does anything. Does it do anything? It doesn't do anything. But a guy who goes in consistently, maybe for 30 minutes a day, he's doing way more than someone who's, because I used to try to pound sermons in one day, and then my brain would be fried, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear Kenneth Copeland for a month. <laughs> so as your faith grows, the Lord is, me and mom are talking about that eventually your faith is going to get to a point where you're starting to believe God for the suddenlies, right? Like I said, sometimes you think, what God, why is this taking so long? But as your faith grows, really things don't take as long as they used to. And it's never our, it's never God's end. Jesus spent most of his time working on, not on God's end, but on our end of faith, right? And so <clears throat> me and mom the other day were talking about the suddenlies of God. And suddenly that day, something happened for me. Right, mom? Yeah. What we thought was so funny is me and her were talking faith. We were talking about the word. She was talking about scriptures. We were believing God for the suddenlies. <laughs> and suddenly somebody gave me $600 two hours later. And I'm like thinking, and so, you know, then, you know, she, and she's been talking about healing because there are so many scriptures where it says that immediately they were made well and immediately this person was made whole. But I want to talk about that for your finances, right? Second Kings 7, 1, and I'm just going to read this. You can pop it on the screen. Elisha replied, listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will, be, will cost only one piece of silver. And 12 quarts of barley grain will only cost one piece of silver. The officer assisting the king said, listen to this, he said to the man of God, that couldn't happen even if the Lord opened up the windows of heaven. And Elisha replied and said, you will see it happen with your own eyes, but you will not be able to eat any of it. Notice how he said, first thing that came out of his mouth was unbelief. I believe he just kept his mouth shut. <laughs> remember the angel told Mary's sister or sister's husband I'm going to shut your mouth because this baby won't be born if you keep talking and he was mute until John the Baptist was born I think people, your, uh, Mary friend told me that people are always in a constant state of flux 
of they get a little bit ahead and then they fall back. They get a little bit ahead with their words and then they, their negative confession, they fall back. Like I said, there's things that the Lord, I, I'd ask him like, why can't I do this? He goes, oh, you notice how you always say you don't have time? And I'm like, oh yeah. He said, well, that's one area where you're constantly falling back. He says, other areas you're moving forward. Um, Luke, in Luke 21, it says that when Jesus came to Peter and he said that we'd fished and toiled all night and caught nothing, Jesus says, cast the nets to the other side. And Peter said, Lord, we fished all night, but nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down a net. And immediately they caught so much fish. I mean, think about that. Pastor Mark came to us with a word, right? He came with the word of the Lord. If you guys watched that prophecy he gave, he said things would, start, would be different even at the end of this month. And even some people are going to be completely, their lives are going to be totally changed by the beginning of 2020. So a word of the Lord comes, right? Like Jesus came to Peter and says, throw your net to the other side. It wasn't six hours later, 12 hours later, three weeks later. It was immediately and Peter said, nevertheless, Lord, I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to put a net out, and immediately they caught fish. The other one was, Jesus told Peter in Matthew 17, 21, um, is that on the screen? Uh, oh, man, I really messed that one up. That's not 17, 21. But um, Peter was talking to Jesus about paying Caesar taxes, and Jesus says, go catch a fish. And he says, Jesus says, the first fish you catch there will be enough money to pay taxes. And, you know, so what I realized about that is Jesus didn't say, go try for a few weeks. I'm going uh, to give you a cup. I'm going to give you some bait. And if that doesn't work, come back. We got to pay the taxes and we'll just believe God. He said, Jesus said, the first fish you catch will have a coin in its mouth. And Peter just jumped up, believed him at his word. And the first fish that he caught, it says that there was a coin in his mouth. And to me, I've started meditating on those scriptures for my own finances that my, when I sow a seed like the Pastor Mark, I'm not going to wait six months, eight months to get a return. You know, sometimes I'm sowing a seed right then. And I feel like the Lord even that night was telling me, just trust me tonight. Trust me tonight. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I only planned on giving this much money. And then he preached Sunday. Sunday night, and then I'm giving, and then Monday night I gave, and at the end of Monday night I gave again, and I'm like, oh, Lord, my mortgage comes out tomorrow, and I'm going to have like $50 in my account. The Lord said, just trust me. I did it anyways, and the next day, someone handed me $600. More than, I, I mean, that was like $100 more than I gave, and I was like, oh, wow, put in the bank quick for the, you know, and obviously I had enough for the mortgage, but I just put it in the bank. I got my account's low. But it's that step of faith, like Peter, he just never lets at your word, I'm going to do it. And sometimes I believe that there is times God's going to take your faith and he's going to stretch your faith and say, I want you to do something big now. But there's other days, your daily life, you're going to take incremental steps. Don't try to do this all at one time. And the Lord has been ministering that to me. And I've just been, and it's been fun because I've seen results of it. It just every day, a little bit here in this area. And whatever area of your life, that you want to reap, then that's where you're going to sow, right? So a man reaps what he sows. So if you want it in your finances, if you want it in your time management, if you want it in the word, sow little things. And I would go home tonight and write out just five things, small things that you can do every day to increase your faith. Maybe you don't listen to the word in the morning. Maybe you don't pray in the tongues every day. Maybe you don't even pray in the morning. Maybe you, or you're like, you know, I, I want to do, I do want to start confessing the word every morning when I wake up. Do, do, do one scripture in the morning to start out with. Just, I have one scripture in my fridge and I get up every morning and quote it. And then I did it, I've done it for six months and then the Lord said, okay, let's do, how about five scriptures? You know, it's, I'm gonna start with something because then I'd hear Pastor Mark preach on confession and then I would go home and I wouldn't do it. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, you hear the word, you receive it with gladness, but then no fruit comes out of it, right? Because there was no action. Faith is an action, it's a verb. So the substance faith was producing for me was really nothing because it's like when you have um, gasoline goes into a car, what does it need? That compression and heat and that spark, there's three things to an oxygen. Once those three things, I think it's like a, the heat, the compression, the gas, and the oxygen cause an explosion. So a lot of times you hear the word in church, you have faith, 
but then you, come, you go out and there's no action. And I think the reason I wanted to say this tonight was take incremental steps because don't lose what Pastor Mark taught. Go back and hear it again. And then do what he said and, and say and confess the word. And don't lose, don't say, oh man, that was such a wonderful message. I sowed a big seed and then a year later go, man, I never even saw, did, did I see the return of that seed? I'm not even sure if I saw the return of that seed. Maybe it came back and you start thinking, oh, maybe, you know, some people took me out to eat a few times, I think. Huh, maybe that was it. No, take the word home and see to it that you abound to this grace. If you're believing for finances, if you're believing for uh, other areas, see to it that you're abound. Young people, it's going to, God has an amazing plan, but you're going to see to it. God's not, his will, he's not going to just put it on you. You're not going to get what you want. You're not going to get what you need. A lot of people need. A lot of people, you know, I, I need. God's not moved by our need. He's not moved by our, our wants. He is, but Jesus says, what do you believe? And that's when Jesus is now throwing all responsibility back onto us and saying, your faith can grow exceedingly. And, and I'll just go back to that one scripture was 2 Thessalonians 1.3. We are bound to thank God for you always, brethren, as it is meet, because your faith grows exceedingly. I want to be a church where our faith is growing exceedingly. We're purposing our faith to grow. We're not just hearing faith. Sometimes I think we hear faith, faith, faith so much, and then we think, man, how do we apply action to this? How is this actually going to work for us? And I want to see that when Pastor Mark comes back, I want to hear a better report. Oh, my gosh, we went this, we gave this much. I think he was truly happy. He, you know, he didn't, had no hesitation saying, hey, we're coming back. You know, that's his regular schedule. It's February, but something happened, and he couldn't make it, so we had to push him back to the fall. But, um, you know, Pastor Caleb that came that one December came and says, you know, my father-in-law talks really good about your church, and he goes to a lot of churches. He's on the road, to, you know, uh, most of the time, most of his life, uh, four, four weeks out of a year. And sometimes, and he's barely home. But he said a lot of good things about our church. And so I believe that our church is going from faith to faith. I think that we are increasing. But I think that the Lord is saying now, let's get more serious about making some, some incremental changes. What can we do each day? You know, maybe you, you go to bed five minutes earlier. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is um, for you. I don't know what it is that God's going to tell you to do um, to change your faith, like what's going to grow your faith. So I'm going to go ahead and close this out in prayer. I'm going to let you out. Last time I preached, I went like 30. Well, so mom's got something. So <laughs> can I pray and then you can, you can go? You can have the rest of my 15 minutes. No, I, won't <laughs> I preached so long last time that I felt so bad. So I was like, you know, I'm going to let them out a little early tonight. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you that really the reality of us to go from faith to faith, we're going to take it in steps. I pray that you would deal eat with each person tonight about their whatever area of faith. Maybe there it's in their finances. Maybe it's in their family. Maybe they're wanting to grow in the word. Maybe they're wanting to see changes at work. Maybe they're just wanting to see changes in their health. Maybe it's just small steps they're going to take. They're not going to overtake big steps because when you do the small steps, Father, it's just a lot easier to just make those small changes because you don't feel the effect at first. But then you realize after a year that you've made so many small steps that you've actually turned 180 degrees in the other direction, that their giving has doubled and tripled because they did it in small increments. And I just pray right now that each person, Father, would go from faith to faith tonight, that by, by time February, by time next year, our church will be at a whole other level of faith. Father, we want to be the woman where Jesus says, you have great faith. He told the centurion, I've never seen faith so great in all of Jerusalem. Father, I pray that our church tonight would be that. And we thank you for the people who, who do come and hear the word, but I pray that they would do it outside in Jesus' name and bless them. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Didn't he do good? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Justin. Amen. You know, he mentioned something, and I just want to challenge you all just for five minutes. I, I want to challenge you all with this. He talked about the immediately and the suddenlies of God. And, you know, we believe we receive when we pray. And I've, I've caught myself saying, and it's not wrong, you know, don't get your eyes on the manifestation of what you see or don't see. It will come. 
but you believe you receive it. You act like it's yours. It's, it's yours because you've received it from out of the spirit. You know, like he said, everything comes through the spirit first. That's where it's coming. It's coming through you according to the power that was at work in you. If you're not working it, it's going to take a little longer. But, but I said that so much to people that don't worry about the manifestation. Just believe you receive it. You know, don't put your eyes on, do I feel, do I don't feel. But the Lord stopped me a few years back because I was praying to him about something. I said, why, is it, why does sometimes the manifestation is quicker, sometimes it takes longer? He said, no, wait a minute. He said, it's not wrong for you to believe for immediate, the immediately's and the suddenly's of God. And he challenged me. He said, you go through the New Testament right now and you find everywhere where it says immediately this happened, immediately this happened, and suddenly this happened. So I wanted to read to you the definition of immediately. At once. Instantly, without any intervening time or space. So I went through the Bible, and I'll just talk about three, three places. The woman with the issue of blood, he spoke about. It says, immediately she felt. And so the Lord said, I challenge you. He said, it's not on my end. And he wasn't saying that to down me. He just says, it's not on my end. He said, he said it's on your end. It's on the other person's end. It's putting things, you know, it's according to their faith. He says, but start believing me for that. So immediately, he showed me, the, the woman with the issue of blood, immediately she felt within her body, and she's made whole. Let's talk about Peter's mother-in-law. Went to the house. She was laid up with a high fever. And it says that he laid his hands on her and rebuked the fever and it said, it left her, and immediately she arose and served them. When I was going through all that sickness and all that trouble, you know, that was a scripture that meant so much to me. He said, believe for yourself to get up out of that bed. See and expect that the minute you pray, see yourself getting up, cooking again, not having to crawl on the floor, not having to faint when you get out of bed. See it like Peter's mother-in-law. See my, Jesus said, see my hand laying itself on you and the power of God coming through you. One time I had a fever and I had just read a book. I got a fever after reading a book. I read this organic health book. Talk about the devil. I, I, read, I read this, because I'm trying to heal myself, trying to do right stuff physically. There's nothing wrong with that. But in this book, it said that whenever you have a fever, you know, you don't have to worry about trying to get rid of it. It's actually purging all the infection and all the bad stuff that's coming out for your pores. It's okay. Did you know that right after I read that, I got a fever? For no, for no reason. And it was a high fever. And the Lord said, the Lord said, I did not say that to Peter's mother-in-law. All right, Peter's mother-in-law, go ahead and let's just let this work out, this infection. Let's just let this work out the impurities. No, that's not what I said. I... Uh, and, he, and he didn't say, oh, let's see what causes, what causes. You got a fungus in your belly. What's going on? Trying to read. He didn't say, he didn't say, I curse the cause of this. It says he just walked up to her and he laid his hands on her and rebuked the symptom. Fever is just a symptom. And I know that we need to find out what the root cause of things are. It's not what I'm trying to say. But I've got a story in the Bible where she had a symptom that was causing her a lot of trouble. And he laid his hands on her and he rebuked the fever, the symptom, and told it to leave. And it had ears and it heard him. And it says immediately she got up. What about the man at the gate? They said, look on us, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Immediately his ankle bones received strength, and he jumped up on his feet and went in the temple, praising and leaping and, right, giving glory to God. So I'm challenging you tonight. When you believe God for something, I love what Justin said. Just keep saying it. You don't believe it? Y'all say, we have a nice house. It's going to spit right back out. No, we have a nice house. Start seeing yourself on a piece of property that you think you might like. Start seeing it. May, you may not have found it yet, but just start seeing it, you know? And so I say that about certain things. 
and a belief for some instantly to happen. Don't go oh, further down the road when this lines up. It, it don't matter how it happens. It don't matter when. It just matters that it happens. Amen? So believe, I challenge every one of you, when you pray and believe God, believe for a change to come now. And that's what God challenged me. And I've started seeing more of quicklies happening in my life because he said, I, I am the God of the immediately. I'm not trying to draw this out for you. He says, he says the working of your faith, it is, it, you know, it establishes you. That's fine. But I had gotten too far over on, oh, I do thank you, Lord. But when, you know, don't worry about the manifestation. He says, well, you do want to see it sometime, right? You do want it to manifest, right, before you're 90 years old. He said, start believing me. There's a lot of immediately's that happened in the Bible. He says, if, if, if Peter's mother-in-law can get up immediately, then so can you. And I laid my hands on myself that night in my bed. I said, you foul devil. I will never read that book again. You foul devil, get off me. I don't care what's causing this fever. It's, it hears me. It's of the devil. You leave, and immediately it left. And I threw that book in the trash. Praise the Lord. Y'all go home and have a wonderful evening. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to www.wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.